So, welcome everybody to another episode of It's a Bane's Life. It's your host, Mose Isi, aka Ellie. Everybody knows my name is Ellie L at this point because everybody says my name on the Bleeding Podcast. But it doesn't matter. I'm here with another guest today, my good friend, work colleague, and a fellow LGBT um, person as well. So I'll let him introduce himself because, like I always say, I can't do any of you justice because you're all amazing people. So I'm um, <laughs> everyone. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, really good to be here. So um, my name is Anthony Francis. Um, as Elias said, I work at in the financial services as well, a colleague of Ellis. Um, I live in London, originally from Birmingham. I moved to London in 2013. Um, I love the city vibe. Um, so it's really? really fun here. Um, age in me, you know, so I'm looking to be <laughs> um, And yeah, and, and as also stated, so I'm also a gay man um, and I am mixed race. So my mom is white, Caucasian, so from her background's British. Um, and my dad's side of the family is from Jamaica. Lovely, lovely. What a lovely mix. Indeed, I know. I have no idea you were from Birmingham originally. I just always thought you were a London boy. No, I know. I moved here um, just after uni, actually. Um, so originally I wanted to go to Manchester, like move to Manchester. Mm. That's where all the gays go, right? So yeah, like, literally. <laughs> but then um, I did an internship in London or just outside of London. And I just fell in love with the city, so, um, so yeah. But we're actually thinking about moving to Bristol next year. So. Really? Oh, yay! Can be my neighbour. We get up for the Bristol people. I don't think I could ever leave Bristol to go to anywhere in the UK. Well, currently I'm living in South Wales, and I was just telling you about my debacle about trying to get to the bleeding dentist out in the valley somewhere on a flipping hill. And I could not, the sat-nav didn't even know where it was taking me. Like, it just kept telling me, it kept, like, rerouting me because I was walking and I was like, oh, my God, I had to ask the taxi driver because I was, like, three minutes away. I was like, you cannot pay for a three-minute walk. But, like, at the same time, how do I get to the dentist? And he was like, oh, you got to go through this little tunnel. And this is the weirdest tunnel. It was like, you know, one of those tunnels that you see like in the movies and the girls walking like late at night by herself because it's a yeah. shortcut. And I was like, this is it. This is literally where it could end for me. Because I kept walking. I was like, where is the other side? <laughs> he told me it was a short tunnel. <laughs> Maybe so, after the receptionist went yeah exactly yeah my reception has disappeared guys so i didn't even get my prescription so let's not even go there my gums are still hurting so yeah we'll see how this goes by the time this is out i might have my face swollen out to here i have to share the picture oh god not on social media <laughs> but um yeah we're here to talk um a subject that i have heard discussed but not um too much um, I don't know if you know this, I do have mixed heritage in myself, but not 
too much. Um, my dad is like a mixture of all manner of things, including Caucasian. And then my mom's just fully black, black, black is black. <laughs> and Nigeria just, you know, she left the country, but it's like she never left the country. You go into our house, it's like you're walking into Nigeria anyway. <laughs> good, um, good. So yeah, so being mixed race can't be easy in the UK. Well, I'd hope it's easier now than before. Yeah, I think I think it is easier um, than maybe before. I think really interesting though because I know obviously we've spoken before about mixed yeah. race, how racism around that. Because I think one of the things that's been difficult for me over the past few weeks is recognizing if I fall under Black Lives Matter, you know, because they're like, oh, actually. And then I was looking within that, and then you know, I think as a lot of people have kind of, kind of been reflecting on over the past few weeks um, of the racism that they've experienced. And um, growing up, I think people, white people will always say that I'm black. Mm. Black people always say that I'm white. Okay? And I know it's like, what? And Did I you when... called a Malteser in school? A Malteser? No. <laughs> yeah, I used to get called Malteser and Bounty in school. Bounty and a coconut, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because I am very, like, typical white on the inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything about me, I was brought up in a white area. Yeah. So I am very, my mannerisms are, are typical white yeah. people. I know that you can't really say that, uh, you know. <laughs> and it's like, um, so yeah, so, so I get that book. I remember before, I was in Jamaica, went on holiday to Jamaica, is where my family came from. And I was sat down um, eating some chicken. I love chicken. I do love chicken. Um, <laughs> you can't be black and not like chicken. I know, That's I know. just a standard rule. And if anybody wants to take me up on that, use the It's a Bames Life hashtag and I'll decimate you online because that's just, it's an unwritten rule. I'm sorry. That's how, that's how I know I'm, that's how I know where I'm from. <laughs> Every day it's chicken, chicken. Yeah. Um, but I was sat down, I was sat down eating some chicken and these two school kids walked past and they went, look at the white boy eating chicken. And I went, there's two family members there who were white and they were, neither of them were boys. I was looking around and then I realised they'd talk about me. And yeah. I was like, you know what I mean? So it's really funny because they weren't being racist, but it's just really funny to understand how they, they look at it. But <clears throat> I guess going back to the, the point that I was saying earlier, you know, you got white people that always see you as black. Mm. Also, my dad is black. He's very black. He's very black. You know what I mean? Like, and he's really proud of that. And I think growing up in sort of a mainly white area, that then therefore means that you do experience racism. Yeah. And it's um, it's really interesting because you only my dad was black and like close to my my surrounding my growing up. You know, my grandparents were, but I didn't live with them. They lived further away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so I, I imagine that lots of black, when black people have black friends, there's something that they can talk about racism yeah. as a whole. You know what I mean? Like they've experienced, yeah. you know, shared, sharing hair or whatever. Um, but for me, I didn't really know any of the Share people. notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, Jerome, let me tell you what happened yesterday. Yeah. yeah. How many times did you get called <laughs> today? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any of that. So you kind of think to yourself, you let it go all the time, and then yeah. you become one of the one of the things that I had a problem with actually was, like in the last few weeks, was how much I let it go, you yeah. know, how much 
I have maybe actively ruined it as well. So you know, like for example, you'd be down the path and it'd be dark and they'd be like, oh, Anthony, smile so we can have some light. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Because actually you like, you make it part of that banter and you yeah. know what's happening because all of a sudden you, um, you fit in or it's something to laugh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then also from um, a black person's perspective, or the, the black community, then and then, then seeing me as white, and you're like, all right, so what do I not belong in there either? You know, so what yeah. lighty and light is always lit the lips apparently, you know, so yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm like, uh, and lots of things because I don't know from like the black culture, loads of different things. Um, it took me ages to learn what a weed was. I can't believe it. Now I'm like, how did I even know that? But my mum is white, and I have no black sisters. Yeah, uh, weed. I need to know what a weed is. You know, um, I have um... Trust me, I knew what a weave was, but I was not pulling it off when I was younger. <laughs> I was telling my auntie the other day that I don't, I, I've gone natural for years, even before it was like a thing in the UK before I moved here. And I used to tell her about how, like, you know, when synthetic weaves, like, we didn't have this no human hair business where people are pulling out really, really different, like, good hairstyles, that it was literally, like, an afro on top of your afro weave done, which I really do not understand why I was doing it, but my weave was so raised, you could see my cornrows, like, because I did not know how to take, it was absolutely horrific, like, I can genuinely say that some of the bullying that I got, when I look back at the pictures now, I'll be like, do you know what? I would have said the same thing. Like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like going around with a messy hairbrush on your head? Well, we live and learn, yeah. We exactly. Live and learn, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, but there's stuff like that. And actually, so I have a, a sister who's also mixed race, um, and I have a brother. Um, mm. But my sister didn't grow up with us. She um, she lives in Bristol actually. Mm. But she moved to Bristol at an earlier age. But she. Mm. I mean, she's never, she's never worn a weave, but she would relax her hair. Mm. Um, so my nan was always like, oh, why are you damaging your hair? You're relaxing your hair. You know, yeah. new stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't know. But then I think that actually opens you up to, um, to experience, you know, negative comments from the black community because they just think everyone knows that stuff. They're like, yeah, yeah. all black people know this and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and I think that's why actually over the past few weeks I've just opened myself up as well to learn and to actually, you know, to be to be understand more, to learn more. Yeah. And because I think just accepting that we all have these different experiences, you know. I think it always it all comes back to the fact that we experience racism from lots of different people in lots of many ways. And I think yeah. sometimes when people try to think about try to put a description for racism, you know, like it's just a thesaurus or whatever dictionary and you can be like, yeah, this is what it means. Like <clears throat> we can't do that, you know? Yeah. It's uh yeah. It's an interesting it is definitely and i just think um sure. even as like black people we need to there's a lot of unlearning that we have to do as well as people because we hold so much prejudice against each other like colorism is yeah. already a problem within the black community and then to be mixed race on top of that it's like oh you're even lighter than the lighty so you get everything and it's like it doesn't work that way that's not actually how it works like white people still see us as black because we are not white yeah. I know, and that's it and actually before i heard that a few years ago when i heard that um some black people don't like lies to like mixed race people because they pass more as white and 
And which, you know, and I, and I wrote a blog at work and I said, I did actually put that in there. That is true. Like I've come from a place of privilege because I am mixed race. So when I was growing up, I was, people would say negative things about black people, but they would say to me, oh no, you're okay because you're not black, black. Yeah. Like, well, what my dad is, I'm a nanny. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're going to come around here and, you know, brook you up or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so I have kind of, and also I have, um, like green eyes, so I don't have brown eyes. So even just little things like this. Yeah. I remember being younger and thinking, I really wish I had a white person's hair because I always wanted to um, like put gel in it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Style it up like yeah. a zebra. So yeah, pretty much, you know what I'm saying? And so even though that I did that, like have some sort of privilege, I guess as a mixed race person, I still experienced all the things that say, say black people have as well. And I think, um, from a mixed race perspective, what's really important for me to remember is <clears throat> my mom, well, firstly, how, you know, my dad faced a lot of different racism coming into a white community. Mm. Um, I think there was one other black person, lady that was really around at that time. Um, but also the racism that my mom experienced for being with a black man, because I think lots of people forget that. Yeah. Um, whether it's family members that says stuff to her, whether it's a friends that says stuff to her, whether people look at them for it, you know. Um, I think it's really important that we do remember from mixed race families. Um, that's sort of how their parent or people. So I'm 31. Well, no, I'm not. I'm 31, man. I was 31 last week. I know. Don't tell me. Oh, happy um, <laughs> <birthday>. <laughs> Off last week, guys, so I can sing him happy birthday. But happy belated birthday. Thank you. Ten years young. That's that's true. That's true. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I think it's really just to think that people my age is really interesting to um, that their parents would have been both of them would have been experiencing that, hmm. and that's why I always try when I came, when I was coming out as gay, and I was thinking to myself, oh, do you know what? I don't I don't know if my dad could be nasty to someone who is gay because he's faced so much you know hate himself hmm. just for being who he is. You know, it's a pity because I was really worried because mm. there's this big black man and I was like, oh my God, he's not going to like it because of the music and because of just whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that in itself actually is quite interesting because I think other people, we're growing up in a white community, their perception of black people is ripped off on me. Yeah. So then all of a sudden my perception of black people is similar to white what you know, that white people. Yeah. And I'm like... So I have to challenge myself with that and, you know, go down to the black bar, but I was scared to speak, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, they, they all spoke um, like true black people. And I yeah. get my accent, like a typical white man, um, which is fine, you know, like, and I love my accent, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I was just like, and my granddad, even when I was growing up, my granddad, I could hardly understand what he was saying. <laughs> He <laughs> moved here from Jamaica ages ago, do you know what I mean? But then, yeah, it's like, so I, as a mixed race person, you sort of learning to be black as well. Yeah. So you kind of automatically, I live into the white community and then you've experienced racism, but then you're trying to learn to be black, what these people are telling you you are. Yeah. And then the black people are telling you you're black. So you're yeah. like, where do I belong? Where do I belong, you know? Yes, well, you, you do belong with us. And it's good that you've said that because um, when I was at the Bristol Black Lives Matter march, there was um, a person there who actually 
address the whole situation of being mixed race. He was black himself, his partner was white, and they obviously had a, they had a mixed race child who was at the march as well. And they were like, listen, once you get that black blood in you, you're black. Yeah. You could be half Russian, half Spanish, a quarter black, but you're black. Yeah. We need to decimate all this of you're half this, you're half that. You're black at the end of the day. You're a lighter shade of black. You've got a little bit of a mix of something else, but that just makes you slightly different and it's okay to be different. And I think that's why I say like within the black community, there is a lot of unlearning to do because we've actually taken a lot of the hate, this is my opinion, that have been put onto us by racist people, I will say, just yeah. racist people and inflicted that upon our own society then on top of the oppression that we already face and it's like make it make sense we're all already facing oppression and then we're going oh, no 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 you're actually worse than me <laughs> yeah i know you and do you know what actually because the, the other week when i was listening to one of your um, previous podcasts and you spoke about i can't remember the detail i think it was with your cousins and you spoke about some black people talking loud in the street yeah you're like god what the hooligans doing do you know what i mean yeah it's kind of that thing that actually we have to still learn you know exactly we're still learning this as well and we have to be accepting that some people look at work the african lady there's a cleaner who's an african lady and she speaks so loud and she's walking around and i swear she thinks she's taught, literally shouting back home or something but then I think I have to just remind myself and the people around me, actually, that's how she speaks. Yeah. And that is part of her. Huh? She's not shouting at anyone. She's not, that is just her. Do you know what I mean? So you're right. In terms of we have to learn and we have to stop challenging ourselves. It's kind of like we, um, it's kind of like we say, it's because we want to get attacked least. We yeah. like to, you know, you know, it's kind of like we're actually, we need to come together and just like, no, whether you're, um, You've got a tint of brown in you, whether you're fully black, whether, do you know what I mean? Whatever it is, we're here as a community and let's support each other. You know? Exactly. And the thing is that I've noticed, um, not so much like our generation, I think our generation has been very good to be a bit more in inclusive, bar a few others. However, like, so my, my ex is partly black. Um, and her, she grew up predominantly in a white area. She grew up with her nan, who is fully white. Yeah. Doesn't know anything to do with the black community, apart from what's portrayed on social media. And um, the amount of racist comments that they used to make during the time that we were together. There was actually one Christmas, she said to me, you are the perfect shade for turkey on the table. If we run out, we could just put you on the table. And I was like, not only are you calling me fat, you're also like, it's just, it's a weird fact. Like, I don't even know what to feel about that comment. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're like into like eating me. I'm like, I'm not really feeling the cannibalism that's going on here. Yeah. Like you're shading on my color. Like it's just a bit. Yeah. I actually don't even like turkey. Like, I actually don't even eat turkey. And she was like, what, like, what black person doesn't eat turkey? I was like, loads of black people. It's not really like this turkey Christmas. That's your thing. Exactly. It's so dry. And they're like, oh, you just don't make it black. Like, no, it's just an, a, a nasty meat. 
that's why it's only once a year. There's a reason why it's low in fat, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's not chicken. <laughs> exactly. Tell me about it. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so like, growing up then and now, do you see that there's a difference in terms of society in general towards mixed race people, good or bad? Yeah, do you know what, actually, and I was just reflecting on it then when you were saying people our age. Um, so like a really good example of, I guess, people growing up our age and when they, they grow up now is uh, not many people in my area don't talk about people. Um, and I remember one of my friends from school, he would come around my house and we'd be playing, et cetera, et cetera. When my dad got back from work, he would hide because it, it was, he'd never seen a black man before. Do you know what I mean? So when my dad was like a scary black man to him. Yeah. Like, and do you know what you can't, I'm not saying that it came from a place of like him being racist, but it's, yeah. but he didn't see it, he was scared. He didn't know what it was. It's not the norm. And yeah. sometimes actually people are um, negative about this is also, it comes from a place of being scared. Yeah. You know? um, so people are nasty to gay people. They don't get it, they're sort of scared of it. Um, whereas now I think, people will happily sit down in the living room and not be scared of a black person, you know? Okay. And by doing that, they will learn things. There's a TV programme, I forgot what it's called, but where they go around to the different people, you know, different people's eyes from different cultures and stuff. And the kids will happily be there and learn about... Oh, is that um, Come Down With Me? I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not very good. I watch all these programmes and don't even know their name. I just record them on Sky. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is that just the fact that people are more aware and then they're having a conversation to learn. Yeah. You know, but I, I know it doesn't quite, you know, hit the question you asked, but what, just on that topic of to learn, I also think that we need to make sure that there's safe space for people to learn. Yeah. Um, and one example that I always use is with black women in their hair, because I know no black woman likes to be, you know, it was this year, oh, they touch the hair. But then I also think, how are, say, white people who don't know about weaves, and never, how are they meant to learn about them as well? So there's kind of got to be this happy ground in the, me in the middle, you know? Yeah. For me, I'm quite happy to tell you about my weave when I actually did used to have them when I finally got the hang of them and was looking a bit buff. <laughs> them. What I don't, what I really grinds my bones is, you know, when you're sat at work, you're minding your business, it's Monday morning, you've just had your hair done, you're still drinking about eight paracetamols because, you know, that woman was pulling your head real tight to get everything to stay in peace. And somebody just walks up to you and is, their hands is already in your head and they're like, can I touch it? And I'm like, don't touch and then ask. Yeah, yeah. Ask and then I might say yes or I will say, no, my hair is actually hurting because I just got it done and that let that be that and it's really funny you bring that up because um obviously as you know i started in a new role within the same place that we work and um in the first couple of weeks that we started i was wearing a wig and it was only because i needed to take my badge i was like i actually need to look half decent <laughs> badge is gonna last forever now because i didn't have a badge before this i had like just i didn't have like a face yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a face badge so i was like now nah, i gotta look a bit decent because my hair was doing a madness and i was not getting to the barbers <laughs> anytime soon so i did it but it was really really hot this day and i said i can't do this so i went out for my lunch 
I just yanked the wig off my head, combed out my hair. I was like, I've taken the picture now, so I'm not even that bothered. Like, I didn't even think. Yeah, yeah. Happened. But this is because I came from a department that was predominantly quite multicultural, so they kind of got it anyway. So, like, if I'd done that in my previous office, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. And I forgot that I'm now in a place of 2,000 plus <laughs> white people. Yeah. And there's only two of us that are black within this department. And she had, she didn't have her, she hadn't actually started yet, this other girl. So, I was the only one there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I yank it off now. I've come back from my lunch. I'm just getting on with my training, whatever. I've not even thought about it. And next thing, there's like whispering going on around me. <laughs> and they had genuinely thought that somebody else had come into the office. <laughs> they, they thought that I went home. Oh, they were like, is there another person starting? Like, we thought, I thought the other girl the was. Black yeah, they literally thought the other girl had started like a week early or something and just turned up at lunchtime. And it wasn't until I turned around to ask somebody a question that they were like, oh, it's, it's Ellie. And they were like, oh, we didn't recognize you because you look different. And they did it. They were kind of tiptoeing around yeah, the situation. Yeah. And I just laughed and I said, I look different because I've taken my wig off. And they're like, oh, we didn't realize that it wasn't your hair. And I was like, what how am I going to have long sulky black hair like how is that possible people don't, uh, people don't know they're just like <laughs> do you know what I mean and I just pulled it out of my handbag I was like this is the hair that I had on this morning and it's too hot and I made it into a joke and I made it so that they were comfortable to ask me questions because they'd obviously for a long time they've never had somebody who is of color yeah. of any sort really in that department so they were just like what do we even do with this yeah. and i think they were you know earlier when i mentioned about um a safe space for people to learn i think that's exactly that because actually they weren't coming at it from a a place of hate or a negative place it's really they just did not know and it's fine to, like it's, it's like how can you expect someone to know that it's just, you know like it's kind of like um we can't expect you to know it's yeah they're meeting other people and then being open to learn it that they now know um, yeah. They will go and tell other people. It reminds me actually. Um, last year I went on holiday to Dominican Republic. I was there about now. This time last year, so I saw. Oh. And I was in the pool one day, and um, there was this black lady in there, and she was quite drunk actually. She's with her other half, um, who was also black. He was black, um, and her, her weave had come off, and um, <laughs> she was like splashing around in the pool. And there's this group of white ladies, and then they hit her weave. And then so she was searching for it. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, you know, like showing it around and stuff. And then um, they said, oh, do you, are you looking for this? And like waved it and chucked it back at her. And then she was like trying to plop it on her head. And they were like, oh, yeah, you look much better now. And, that, that's, and I was just like, that's so offensive. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It looks good with short hair or long hair or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's the kind of comments that I think there's no room for, you exactly. know? Yeah. That, unless you're having a bad hair day, literally a bad hair day, which anyone can have, there's no need for comments like that. Do you know what I mean? They were all not nice looking people either. You know, that's how I'll say it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell that there weren't nice people on the inside either. Yeah. Other lady, she was, feeling, she was like, yeah, she was drunk, but she was having a good time. It's fine. And I think that's where, you know, that's just an example of actually in everyday society, 
people will say stuff like that the thing is with things like that i make it a point to point it out and i say you know just because we wear weaves does not mean that we're not comfortable in our own hair i'm far more comfortable in my own hair actually it's just that sometimes i like to look different yeah depending on the occasion i was actually saying to my auntie last night i don't think i'm gonna go back to weaves now because this lockdown like a weave is not going to fit on my head <laughs> my hair has just grown into a full-blown fro that is just not like i'd have to chop it off and i'm just like actually i'm kind of liking this natural flow that i've got going on here so i'm just like mm, i don't think i'm going to be doing wigs for a very long time that doesn't mean that if i decide to go out tomorrow night and you know i decide to go to a motive and i want to wear a wig that i'm insecure in the way I look it just means that I want to look a little bit different or it matches my outfit in the way that I want to present myself in that space that I'm going to and I think for people who are not black they need to understand that as well that just because it's like when you wear makeup just because you wear makeup does not mean that you don't think you're good looking naturally it just you want to highlight certain features and you want to look different do you know what I mean? Like it's all a form of art. You're allowed to to do that. You're allowed yeah. to express yourself. I mean, we're not we're not frowning on people who have tattoos all over their bodies anymore. So why hold somebody's wig and say, oh, yeah. this like it's some sort of rat's tail? When you've been using dry shampoo for like three years, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody <laughs> watched it and then. Your head, crusty. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I was just thinking actually? Because I never switched my so my, my sister also has a white mom. And um she grew up away from my dad. And I was just thinking, how would she have known? You know, she wanted a week. How would yeah. she have even known that these things exist? Do you know what I mean? So as a mixed race person growing up, say, in that household with a white mom who would not know either, because I don't think my sister's ever had one, but she has got really curly hair and big. Yeah. She would have it relaxed because I guess a white um, hairdresser shop would know how to relax hair, hair yeah. and know how to attempt to relax hair um, and damage it, you know, to the core. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but she wouldn't have thought, and after this, actually, I'm going to ask if, if, what her thoughts are around that and what she's not, but she's really finding it now to embrace it, a bit like you, you know. She's like, actually, do you know what? No, I've got this hair now and I'm just going to yeah. let it be there. Yeah, exactly. And I think Afro's hair is like beautiful, do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm like... Yeah. I know, you see all these, like, white people backcombing their hair to give it the same volume that we've got, and then you come back and slander us. I'm like, you've actually got, like, a personality per- perplexia. Like, what, like, you are trying to look like me. You tan yourself to look like me. You backcomb your hair to try and look like Tina Turner. And then you come at me for wearing a weave. I'm just like, are you Okay. I do not. I know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And my sister, I saw on um, her social media actually, and I do not know how true this is, um, <laughs> but she had said that, you know, there was somewhere where that she made it illegal for black women to have the hair the way they had it because the men would find it attractive. So it's like, actually, do you know, all the white women were scared. So it's kind of like, so it's been in the place where, wow, it's beautiful. No, we're going to stop that. Yeah. So they've made it into this thing where it's not seen to be. You know, attractive and desired, 
when that's it, I think we come into a place where we actually appreciate it is. And that's yeah. Really well, if you think back into like slavery, there was quite a lot of times, especially in like America, where women were made to cut their hair, black women, yeah. because it was attractive. Yeah. And then they would still be raped by the slave masters and the slave masters would then tell their white wives that it is to just insert dominance, but actually it's because they're attracted to them. Yeah. And like, I think this is also where a problem, where it comes to a problem for mixed race people is because initially mixed race children were born out of slavery where yeah. their mothers had been raped you know, rather than two people falling in love and making a baby. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, but the child is not at fault. The, the child has just turned up, essentially. <laughs> you need to, like, blame the person who inflicted this on the black woman, but then it's like this hate on both sides because, I don't know, like, it's a very complex complex relationship between white and black people when it comes to things because if you tell a white person well actually it came from like well first of all white people don't even want to think that you know especially the British don't want to think that they had anything to do with like slavery and I think you have been taught the most biased history it it, it could not be written because it's just absolute nonsense (laughs) what you've been taught is is just ridiculous and then you try and educate them and they're just like, no, 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 no. Like I literally had an argument with somebody on Facebook yesterday over Jesus. It's ridiculous. So the Anglican church has turned around and said, they've, they've discussed within themselves, should we portray the picture of Jesus in a different light? Because he's always been portrayed as this amazing white man with lovely brown hair and blue eyes, which... You know, if you look back in history and he was born in Nazareth, actually, the likelihood of him being pasty white is just preposterous. Like, it's, it's, it's not possible, really. Like, he's, he, he wouldn't have been black either. He probably would have been your shade or maybe a little bit darker. So people were making comments on this page under the pro saying, you know, we're just going to change everything to make the blacks happy. And I was like, you're not changing anything to make the blacks happy. You're just teaching it how it should have been taught. Yeah, you're putting it right. Exactly. I was like, Jesus was neither black or white, actually. And actually, I don't even think he should have a gender because I think, you know, God is is a spirit rather than a human form. And as we know, gender is a social construct. And that was that absolutely blew his mind when I read when I typed that down. He was like, didn't know how to come back from that statement. Still working out now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know when you just see the like dots, dots, and then it stops, and then it comes back, and I'm just like, you have no idea, do you? And um, yeah. So I just said like, this is this is why we say that racism is so embedded into the into the society. Like you're saying that we're doing this to make this happy for the black people, but actually, it has nothing to do with it. It's just the fact that historically you people have made him out to be this white savior because at the time they had slave bibles where they had taken bits out of the bible and it was literally called the slave bible and they had taken bits out of the bible and they would leave things in like you know you must obey your master so you now have this gorgeous white pasty looking man and you say he's god and he's here to save everybody and he's saying you've got to look after your master and he only looks like 
this person who's holding the Bible. You're literally changing what it actually says. And I don't know if they still have them in libraries because I have come across some of the slave Bibles that they used to have. And you can you can find them in like museums and things like that as well. So I would definitely tell people to go and have a look because this is it's a real thing. And um he was just mind blown and he was like, Oh, I thought you were trying to trying to make it out that he was black and I goes, he's not black, he's not white. Like and then some people were like, Oh, what does it matter if he's green or yellow? I'm like, Well, he's not green or yellow. Like we don't have green and yellow people. So it's a <laughs> People are weak is when they say stuff like that. It's like they're trying to put it out there. It's like you know, transgender people are like, well, I want to be a dog. And he's like, oh, shut up. No, you don't want to be a dog. Don't say stupid <laughs> Exactly. And, also, and if you do want to be a dog, I'll tell you what, go be one. I don't care. Do what yeah. you want to you know I mean? <laughs> Exactly. But on to that topic then, how do you, how did you find it being mixed race and gay, especially in the black community? Because I told you before, we started recording that I had an argument with somebody about this yesterday. Again, I'm very good at arguing people online. Very, very good at it. You have the discussions that turn heated. Uh, <laughs> do you know what, actually? I think, um, so I, firstly, I really struggled in terms of my sexuality. Um, I hated it. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is because um, any sort of people of colour, any black person I saw, any mixed race person, they're quite um, typical manly men. You know, my dad was very much just a man, man. Um, my, you know, really loved football. My brother, little brother, came along. He really loved football. I hated football. I can't even play football. I used to table the ball all the time, and I was just like, "There's some literally some football boots in the shed at home that I've never worn." My brother, or every now and then, and they said he'll send me a picture. But um, but I think I forgot where I was going with that. But. Uh, <laughs> Just think about the football. But yeah, but in my, so in my mind, I used to think so black men are, are sort of manly men and you won't really find gay men. But then on top of that, obviously you're coming to terms with just being gay anyway. So there's the whole element of being gay and just being gay and mixed race, you know? Mm. Um, and they just didn't see anyone that was like me out there. You didn't, you just about saw a gay person. Do you, know I mean? you probably didn't even really see that much on the TV. It wasn't like Hollyoaks. I think Craig and um, John Paul were the first ones on Hollyoaks. Yeah. I became obsessed. They went to Belfast, um, you know, Queens. They went to yeah. I applied to go to Queens. That's when my that's when my mom's friend was like, "That's when I first realised you were gay because you watched that and they were going and you were going." Um, but I was just like, "Yeah." So the 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 person I most struggled to tell really that was gay is. Um, my dad, or was most worried to tell that I was gay. Because he's black, and I was like, oh my god, black people hate gay people, and he's going to hate me. Um, and he he was fine. I built up the courage to come out to him, and he was fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was like, he said something like, really lovely, something like, oh, because I said sorry. I texted him anyway, you know, like, yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Manchester drunk in Canal Street. Um, <laughs> And I think it would have worked out. Um, yeah. So he had time to come to terms. But um, yeah, and he was like, you know, so actually that I think to me to- told me that I needed to check myself as well, that not all black people were homophobic. You know, yeah. I was like, I need to do that. Um, but I think some of the interesting things about being a person of colour and gay is that the gay community itself, um, because it is so, the spacism is just, you know, living and breathing every day there. Um, yeah. 
and you know I've got a, a boyfriend that I've had for a few years now um, so I've not been on dating apps but I know on dating apps you know it says stuff like no blacks yeah. uh, no spice no rice and you're like no rice who the hell came up with no rice I don't understand who doesn't even like rice I don't know <laughs> I, I'm sure that must mean something else for an undertone for something else but I don't even know like I don't understand yeah I think they mean like Asian people yeah you know so that's basically what they want. So, you know, so there's just to say, and people will be like really racist on that. People will be, if you search, for example, grinder and uh, racism, you'd see so much like different screenshots. Yeah. Um, but I remember the first time that I went to a gay bar, um, I used to hate the thought of going to a gay bar before like, as underage because I thought that down this dark alley and all these gay people would laugh at me when I got rejected because I wasn't old enough. Um, but it wasn't like that. So I went in, I was off age, I had my ID. And um, the bouncer said to me, oh, just so you know, this is a gay bar. That's why I'm here, baby. And then on the way out, though, he said, oh, I hope you enjoyed the experience. And inside, there, weren't really, there was no one of color, I don't think. Um, and I was like, the only reason that he would have said that then is because I'm not white. Yeah, it made me feel like there wasn't a space for me, and it wasn't a place. So somewhere that I was meant to go and feel most comfortable, and the most comfortable I've ever felt in my life, I did. You know, like it kind of made me feel like I didn't belong there. Mm. Um, so that was quite interesting for me to try and, and deal with that, uh, because I guess at that age as well, I'm just coming to terms with it, with it all and putting it all together. What it means to be a mixed race um, gay person, and in Manchester probably would have been maybe what, six to 12 months after, um, I was in Manchester. And someone said to me, someone was chatting to me about And they said, oh, if this was a hundred years ago, you'd be my slave. Wow. And I was like, what? And then I'm like, he like looks so smug on his face because he's like, yeah, you know, I'm so proud of this. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, no, okay, see you later, you know? Yeah. I just don't think we've got time for that. So. But I'm just like, how does someone find it okay to say that sort of thing? Um, so there's loads of things, even now, you know, but now actually living in London is quite a big um, gay community and a lot of people of colour. And I remember the first time that I went to UK Black Pride, I can't believe there were so many gay black people. Do you mm. know what I mean? I was like, and you know, you and I. I think that was the first time we met face to face because we'd yeah. only been like talking via like uh-huh. workplace. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was the same as well. When I went to Black Pride, I thought nah, it's going to be like a couple of hundred people. Like, why? Why have they even got one? Surely there's not that many. And the place <laughs> absolutely packed. Like, even though that I was there for a purpose and I was doing something, and I was representing something, I was still queuing. And I remember I got off the train at Clapton Junction. Yeah. And I, I was following the sat-nav, as I do, because I don't know directions to anywhere, people. Like, literally, I need directions to my own toilet. It's ridiculous. I think, I'm, I'm, I think I've got young, young age dementia. Like, I'm convinced. I barely remember my name at the best of times. But, um, so, yeah, I'm walking around the corner, and I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to slap. Like, I just... I'd never been to one... I'm from Ireland originally, which is predominantly white, predominantly Christian they weren't really keen on the gay people at all, really, for many years, even while I was growing up. So I was like, I really can't see people doing this here. Like, and I had the same impression as you, black people don't like gay people. Like, 
I can't see this happening. Walk around the corner now. And then like, I realized that there's a queue and I thought I was queuing to go to the cash point because I was like, oh yeah, I need cash because I didn't want to use my card. Yeah. So I'm queuing for ages and like, it's moving a little bit. And I'm like, this is a very long queue for a cash point. Like there must be another cash point somewhere else. So I stepped out of the queue and had a look and everybody was going to the same direction. And I was like, oh <laughs> my God, there are other gay people in this whole country. <laughs> and uh, and not even that, do you know what it did? It really opened my eyes because you get, like it showed me like camper gay people, um, yeah. you know, butcher gay people, lesbians that were black. Um, you know what I mean? Like just lo- loads of different things. Like, in my mind, it was just a very small community, but then I was like, no, it's not. No. And they're here and they exist. Do you know what I mean? And one of the things that I've found now through the black friends that I have is actually how engaged they are with. Um, just, you know, Black Lives Matter, for example, loads and loads of LGBT people are so involved with that because, like, as we know, Pride came from a protest, you know? Yeah. So, you know, our good friend Marsha actually threw that stone, that first stone, Stonewall. Um, stone at Stonewall, it's hard to put stairs. You know, he just threw that brick. And, yeah. you know, Pride originated from that type of thing. So I've noticed that they're really involved with that, but they're also really passionate about. Um, themselves as communities as well. And I think sometimes like there's a film Paris is Burning and yeah, it shows, yeah. you know, like the voguing and stuff and actually how you've got the mother and et cetera. And they're so community because they're there to support each other, you know? And yeah. I think that stems right through the um like the black LGBT community actually. Even though obviously you get sort of, you know, typical nasty person, whatever, it's quite a lot of um, it's a it's a quite a tight community. Yeah. Um, My only issue with the Black Lives Matter movement, and this was where the discussion went to last night, was, um, so there had been a Black Trans Live Matters March the weekend before. So I was saying to them, are we going to do one in Bristol? Are we going to acknowledge it? Like, what's the story? And people were kind of saying, oh, why do we need to? And I said, well, because every time a Black trans person or a Black LGBT person um, dies especially in like america which is almost where we're waiting for the wave to come from in the uk we're not out there marching we're not out there marching for women i mean sandra blanche died um brianna taylor died and it wasn't until george floyd died that uproar was raised now i understand that his his death was brutal but you also have a young girl who was shot eight times in her bed yeah. What message is that sending to black people in general that I can't be at peace in my own house that I pay for? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And he was saying, oh, no, you know, if you go on the Black Lives Matter page, um, especially the American one, it talks all about being inclusive with the trans community, the disabled community. I goes, yeah, but how many times have we marched for people of that nature? I've not seen a march for trans people in America as of yet maybe I've missed that in the Mm. social media somewhere exactly and the one in London wasn't even like it wasn't how's what's the word advertised as big as the rest of them Mm. and it was really funny because I was listening to another two another podcast shout out to Tutu's podcast love them and they've been doing amazing work and they're two black lesbians living in London 
and actually the day they were going to record the studio had been opened because obviously we're all recording remotely at the moment Mm -hmm. so they were on the train getting ready to go to studio to record an episode to see like a load of people on the train and they kind of just got chatting the way to people and people like we're going to the black trans lives matter march and they were like we had no idea so they actually cut their episode short so that they could go to the march but they made a comment on twitter and said you know why is it that we didn't know do you know what i mean like because if i had known i would have been on a train to london to go and march because at the end of the day irrespective of being um lgbtq plus woman being disabled you are black you are black before any of these things you know if you ask a white person to describe a black a black british they will tell you they are black british they don't call them british do you know what i mean like they call themselves british but they will call every other ethnicity um black asian or black british or beijing or you know what i mean they they see as much as they tell us i don't see color they're not blind they're not colorblind i always say anybody who tells me they don't see color needs to they're they're clearly the human form of crusty the clown because the only people (laughs) who don't see color are clowns and that's why they look hideous also though when they say that they're erasing our color i want you to see exactly i want you to see it yeah i just don't want you to be nasty exactly so like i've got a really torn relationship with the black lives matter movement because i'm here for it i completely support it i'll be out every single time that i need to be out but i also need to know that if something happened to somebody like myself who is in the lgbtq community that you are also going to stand up and say this is not okay yeah i mean and that's why we have so many different hashtags now rather than Black Lives Matter because actually Black Lives Matter is not marching for trans life. Yeah. Not marching for lesbians. It's not marching for disabled people. And then you have the all Black Lives Matter movement. And I've actually changed my my hashtags to all Black Lives Matter because to me that's more fitting. It's we're all black before anything else, irrespective of how the rest how we identify anything else like that. But why is it we continue to have this divide within the black community itself? I know. Do you know what? Yeah, I, I totally agree, you know. And I think actually Black Lives Matter should just encompass it all. And I think the, the lack of, I think it's more like the lack of consistency across the, you know, the, the movement rather than everyone not seeing it that way, you know. But mm-hmm. I think to so my nephew, um, Jaden, who is also, he's, so he'll be mixed race. Um, he is a quarter black. But he he thinks he's one hundred ten thousand percent black. He you know what I mean. I like, say so he's a proper uh, yeah. That's he loves that part of him, which is great. You know, it's it's, it's so lovely. Um, but he said to his mum, "Is like you know the one of the fists and it had the rainbow stuff on it." Yeah. And he was like, why? He's like, I support um being gay. You know, and I love him lots. Blah, blah, blah. But why are the uh, why are gay people trying to make this about them? <laughs> because they didn't get it. You know. And I said to I said to my sister, it's messenger actually, so it's difficult to speak on the phone, but I was like, actually it's not. It's showing that we are also in solidarity with you because Price yeah. has a protest, but also there are black people in our community as well that we need to show our support to. Exactly. Um, and you know, a lot of people 
like the cup that I have, have added the brown and black spike, you know, yeah. um, to show that in the community sort of over the last year. But it's just evolved from that. And I think um, when I was talking to someone, a really good way, to, I think, to show how two people, two sets, two movements can come together to help really make a louder noise was the, um, have you watched the film Pride? No, I haven't yet. No, it's, it's about the sort of um, the minors and how they went on strike and the LGBT community supported them. Yeah. Really helped them achieve some really good stuff. And then in one of the marches, the Pride marches in London, the miners actually went along and supported them. So you got all these like men and men who were like all these gays and puffs or whatever, you know, yeah. like really didn't want to be in engaged with them, them supporting them. And I think it just shows how, yes, of course, we're fighting a movement for black people and we're really trying to make sure that black lives do matter, yeah. But by working together, we can help you sort of amplify the message that you have. Exactly. Um, and also, I think the more we stand in solidarity with each other and the more we forget gender and sexuality and all that kind of stuff. And if we are so consistent that every time somebody from our community, and that is the black community, is hurt, harmed or killed, we are standing together and saying, absolutely not, you cannot kill our people. Yeah then we won't need all these different hashtags. But it's like you said, when there's that inconsistency, we have a straight gay man who's been killed and everybody's in uproar. Now we've got a transgender male who's been killed and people are not even talking about it too tough. That's not, that's not consistent within our own community. And then we start to have breakdowns and it gets infiltrated. And then you have people doing all sorts of nonsense in, in, in the middle of the, in the mist. And it just got, annoying and like when I was talking to him it wasn't really like an argument I like to call it an argument but I, it was a heated discussion because I was giving him paragraphs as to why I think he was wrong basically and the example I used was um if you look at like Wall Street yeah the the massive investment like they were their whole thing was that we're here to keep your money safe and help it grow and make your business they're not going to sit there and say, by the way, we may just commit fraud at the background. So like telling me that on the website it says we're inclusive does not mean that we're inclusive. And the really funny thing is I've been looking online because um, my cousin's looking for jobs. So I'm like keeping my eyes up, open for things for him because he's just finishing university. And ev almost every company I'm coming to like on Indeed or even within our own is now saying about how inclusive they are and I'm like if you are inclusive you don't need to put it there like it will just show yeah it's like Monzo I think it is Monzo one of the fintechs and they're, they're one of their big things is how inclusive they are but then they're making the, their head of inclusion diversity at risk of being redundant and you're like oh so how's it how's that yeah. to you um, and I think just I think one of the things I want to say is just that by showing, I'm a really big fan of role models, and I think actually yeah. being visible, um, other people will see you and know that's okay to be who they are. And I think if the black community do not show, as part of Black Lives Matter, such a varied type of black person, some people will not think that they will not relate, and they will not yeah. think they are black. They will not think, oh, I'm, I'm not black enough for that. Yeah. No if they are black, blacker than black, they still won't think it. You know what I mean? That if they don't see people who are black and disabled, welcome being championed being fought for they're going to think that's not for me then they're actually fighting for something else you yeah. know we actually like you say it's kind of like before anything we are black and that sounds like something like my 
Banana or or, or anything, you were black and people will see that. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah, and that's what my parents used to tell me when I was growing up, because like I I grew up in a predominantly white area. I was doing all sorts of madness and my mum was like, You're black, don't forget, you're black. When the police come, you're gonna be taken first. And I'll be like, nah, 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 they got me. She goes, Oh, we'll see about that. You're, you're talking English now. Yeah. And luckily, nothing ever happened, people. My hands are clean. That's <laughs> just full disclosure there. <laughs> However, that has always stayed with me. And like you said, um, I remember coming out to my family and I kind of got dragged out anyway, but my mom didn't really take it really well. She was kind of just like, she always kind of knew that I was different to all her other kids because I'm... I'm more so like non-gender conforming anyway. And she was just like, so what does this actually mean? Like, who are you going to bring home? And I was like, well, and I'm pansexual. And I was like, well, I could bring anybody home. I could bring a man, I could bring a woman. I think she kind of wrapped her head around the man and the woman. And then I said, it could be transgender. It could be non-binary. She was like, non-who? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the hate that we think we're receiving within our own community is just a lack of understanding because there are a lot of terms that even I, who is part of the LGBTQ community, I don't fully understand and I'm still trying to learn. So I can't really expect my mom who is much, much older from a completely different generation to be fully there with it. I mean, she's just wrapping her head around. She didn't even know what a bisexual person was. She thought that was like some sort of illness that you got. She still thinks it's some sort of illness that you got because she's a Nigerian woman. But we've convinced her it's not an illness. That yeah, is yeah, yes, okay. facts. Like, like, it's not like, as I told her, it's not airborne like coronavirus. Like, you can't, it can't kill thousands of people. You can relax. <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's, you know, like you said, that learning point is actually really key. And I think um, it, it would take stuff like black people, straight black people, talking about it to other straight black people, for them, for people to learn and for it to become more acceptable. You know, so for example, I know that my dad's friends know that I'm gay. You know, they will come to parties or they'll come to um, family barbecue. My, my boyfriend will be there, etc. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah. like, take that. But, and, but I can imagine. Do you know what? I can imagine that it would be nervous or. If I was my dad, who was a typical sort of man-man, quite, you know, proud black man, um, laddish, or I don't know how you describe a man as a laddish, I don't know. Um, you know, but, and then you're going to say to your friend, oh yeah, my eldest son's gay. Do you know what I mean? I can imagine, imagine in my mind, I'm thinking how, you know, like you've, all your life, you've been like this really manly man, and then all of a sudden you've got, and then they're going to think, oh God, he's got like a, a girl walking around or whatever. I don't know what they think. You know what I mean? But yeah. then, imagine that's quite difficult. But actually, the more that that happens, the more that you say, do you know what, actually, no, it's fine. And then, you know, so, so lo- loads of the, the black people that I know, their families are all fine with it, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know what, though? Because a lot of them are still proud of who they are, where they come from, etc. So it's kind of like, well, I want you to be proud of who you are. And that's what they care about. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah, like, exactly. And I think we need to be proud of who we are as well. And once we start to become unapologetically ourselves, people will see that there is nothing wrong. It took my mum my a long time to get through it. 
but she saw that actually underneath all of that this is still the same child that I gave birth to. She still don't listen to me when I give her advice. She's still going to go out partying when she wants to go out partying. She's still going to eat eggs when she wants to eat eggs. And this is just an extension of of, yeah. um, of who she is. And, and I, when I introduced they and them to her and said, oh, you know, I actually like those pronouns. She was like, I, I don't understand. And I still use her and she and her pronouns purely because it just makes her comfortable but that doesn't take away from who I am because yeah. I do have a feminine side and I have a masculine side I mean that is, is a science like we have we have both you is can't it? deny that but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. so she's just like I, no I don't understand they and them I don't understand those people like when when she saw Sam Smith on um the television and I said that's they and she was like it's a him <laughs> and I was like, it's a they. And she goes, there is no such thing as they. And it was just because she did not understand to her that it's just a thing that you say those people or them over there. She doesn't understand that people don't conform to gender. And I, you can't think explaining mm. to a woman in almost her 60s about gender being a social construct is going to go down absolutely perfect. Like, you know, we have to understand where we come from as well. And understand that a lot of things have happened that our parents are trying to still process yeah they're learning as well like we say that people have to learn they have to learn about that but people have to learn about LGBT as well it takes time and you know I've had friends who were you know might have transitioned or non-binary there was someone at work actually um and they said you know I would prefer the pronouns they and them Women time, I messed it up, you know, and I was just like, no, I don't. But you just get in this, you know, you think you know what you know, but you don't. And it's yeah. just time and goes on. But we have to, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. Um, that we, we kind of learn. One of the things that I just wanted to reflect on actually, because you made me laugh a bit, was about your mom stance on it. Where actually, so my dad and my brother, so um, brother is quite a large lad. Um, he they both love a drink, right? Yeah. Well, so do most of the LGBT kids. So they love it. So my brother, he, my never when he first came to London, actually, when we and we went out, and he was like, this man that tried to hit on him, and he loved it. He was like, yeah, you know. And I was like, no, you're not. Um, yeah. My dad actually, I shared a picture. Is his um, or when it was father's actually, I shared a picture of him. Um, he had a photo with a drag queen, and it's so funny because he's like quite a big man, and he's there with his pint next to his drag queen, and I think just them um and they've come to london pride and stuff before do you know what i mean so i think um just by getting involved with that type of thing they've learned a lot um, exactly. and it's good and because at work i do a lot of stuff around lgbt and plus inclusion and i take that message to back with me or they might see it on my social media because i have friends with my parents on facebook i know brave thing yeah. <laughs> um, when you ring them at three o'clock in the morning on the night out i mean what's What's the difference? Listen, you know? <laughs> listen, I've come home drunk with my mother where we've both like fallen on the floor trying to get to the toilet and then just like laughing while one sat on the toilet and the other one's just like pissing themselves laughing at the <laughs> other one. So trust me, we've gone past that. And I, I tell my mom, you know, we're just normal people. That's just how we do it. And I think we just have to learn to be open with our parents because the thing is a lot of, unfortunately, because our parents' parents' generation had it 
even tougher and some of them would have been alive during you know slave times there was a lot of just shut up and do what i tell you because we're we're not trying to get killed today exactly and a lot of parents still kind of carry that through and they don't have conversations and I remember the first time talking to my mom about sex she nearly that black people don't normally change color and I saw my mom change color like she literally went red in the face and I I just I just bluntly said to her have you ever taken it up the ass mom (laughs) and she was like what (laughs) I was like yeah have you like let's just have that conversation and she was just like you you are definitely not my child she keeps saying she keeps saying i've been swapped in the hospital and (laughs) one day it's gonna come out in the news that somebody else has got her child and she can just hand me back to whoever owns me and she's gonna be like yep i knew it i knew she wasn't right i goes mom we look alike so i don't know what you're talking about but through that the conversation has been able to open up for my younger siblings and we're very open and talking about it and i I like I tell them, you know, make sure you get tested, blah blah blah, yeah. and be open, like so. There's no hiding it. So I know what they're doing. They're not like they're not hiding it like I was hiding it when I was younger, and I could have probably gotten myself into trouble. Yeah. I'm trying to redact that because if we continue to be open and have those conversations, we're eventually going to get to a society where all lives will eventually matter, like all these white privileged people like to say. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're going to get, you can just chat in an open and honest way, no one's going to be judged, everyone's, whatever you, if you want to be you, you be you, and that is okay, do you know what I mean, but it's no one scared to be, to be them, I tell you, exactly. I think, you know, hope people will get there, um, there's lots of difference, I think we all just have to embrace the difference, you know, it's, it's what is it, Skittles taste a rainbow, you know that? Like, yeah, exactly. I tell my mum, you love Skittles, like, I actually think you might be LGBTQ, and she's like, no, I'm not. She's got a boyfriend. <laughs> that, doesn't not, that doesn't mean anything. Uh... Exactly. That's why I tell her. She was looking really buff the other day, and I said, mum, you've been getting it off the bum, haven't you? And she was like, get out. And then I told her that I was going to have an OnlyFans account, and she's gotten to the point now where she is no longer surprised at anything that I take. Because I used to purposely say things just to get a reaction out of her, and I used to say, why are you actually reacting to me? And now I tell her things, and she's like, just do you. She was actually telling me, you don't even need to be naked, you know. You can just wear, like, short, skimpy clothes and kind of tease them. And that was giving me tips. I was like, Mom, I'm not actually going to have an OnlyFans account. Like, I do have a job that I need to keep. She's like, do you know how much money those people make? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, do I need to check if you're up to something? Yeah, that's why she's smiling. Yeah, there's new clothes. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been great having this conversation. And I, I'm glad that there are positive changes happening within our society today. I'm glad that, you know, some of the stuff that you've experienced today, I know some younger I say younger, like teenagers who are mixed race, who don't experience that, who vibe pretty well with all their friends and things like that, and even LGBTQ plus and all that kind of stuff. There's still a long way to go, I think, and um, but we're getting there. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's it's really good chat as well. And I think one of the things that is um is just sticking with me is just around, if, you know, if there's a pinch of brown in you. If there's a loss of black in you, whatever it may be, you're still black. And I think as a 
as we all as a black community need to embrace that because there are younger people who are better for them, I guess, from a white community. And I, I just wonder what it's like from a black sense, you know, like, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it's been good chance, so thank you for having me along. I really enjoyed it. No, that's absolutely fine. I've loved having you on. Obviously, you can come on again. Feel free to share your socials if you are happy for people to follow you. Yeah, so my Twitter is at Anthony Francis. It's normally Francis with an I, but you have to use a one. All right, so we'll put it in the uh, bio. Yeah. <laughs> and my Instagram is Tonight I'm a Superstar. Um, which is a really childish thing, but my favourite song is It's Tonight in Everyone. <laughs> so, you know? And it makes me feel good. Um, maybe we cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be like the opening for the episode, just you trying to sing a line. <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll put it in the bio. But yeah, yeah, admin socials, and also, do you know, does anyone who wants to reach out just have a chat because they might be mixed race or black and gay, whatever it may be. Um, I'm always happy to do that because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think visible role models are really key um, and they will allow change to happen. Um, also people to be themselves, you know, so, yeah. Fantastic, thank you. And obviously you guys know where to follow me. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening um, dedicatedly to, that's not even a word, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> who's been listening to me like week in, week out since I've started the podcast. I really appreciate your follows. Obviously, share it with your friends. Um, can you guys actually start rating me on Apple Podcast? Because I can see it coming up, but you guys are not talking. Like, can you just give a little comment? Um, you know where to follow me. It's at uh, Mosey underscore Issy on also, all socials, which is Twitter and Instagram. And then it's a Bames Life podcast on all socials as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, send me your dilemmas, guys, because next week we're doing a dilemmas episode. Ooh. There have been some dilemmas that have been sent, but I won't, I won't spoil anything this week. Some of you need Jesus in your life. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Some of you, like, lockdown needs to stop and churches need to reopen because a lot of you need to repent. Uh, do you know what I'm literally last night I was watching on ch- Channel 4 um, Sex in Lockdown give it a watch <laughs> Ooh, that's what I'll be doing tonight so yeah thank you guys for listening um, we'll see you again next week enjoy your week use the um, It's a Bames Life hashtag when you're listening share it on your socials make sure to follow myself and Anthony and um, yeah reach out to us if you just want to talk if you just want to like let your voice be heard. We're, we're in this community and we're in it together, people. So thank you and goodbye.